Welcome to the Adoptee Thoughts Podcast. I am your host, Melissa Guida Richards, an author, adoptee, and mom. Each week, we will delve into the nuances of adoption, as well as tips for how to bring up difficult discussions in your adoptive family. And most importantly, we will not shy away from tough topics. So thanks for joining me today, and let's jump into your weekly dose of Adoptee Thoughts. Hi everyone, thank you for joining me today. This week we will be delving into why adoptees often search for birth family. Now, nowadays there are a lot of open adoptions, so there aren't as many secrets um, as there once were, and a lot of times adoptive parents parents are um, keeping that connection alive with their child's birth family. So a lot of adoptees are growing up knowing at least a little bit about their their biological families. But still, often there are a lot of times where adoptees are in closed adoptions, whether it's domestic and or international, because often international adoptions are closed just because of the laws in other countries and access to birth records um, is often not available for an adoptee until they're 18 um, unless their adoptive parents are willing to share records. Now, obviously, my information wasn't available to me until I was 19 because I didn't even know I was adopted. But after that, um, even the information that my adoptive parents had was minimal at best. My birth history concerning my uh, health was just uh, a basic little birth certificate that said what weight I was born, what time, and that everything pretty much looked good. Um, They didn't have any history on like my my birth grandparents or uncles, cousins or whatever. Like um, my parents were told that this was a healthy baby girl. The uh, the family had no complications. So that's all I knew. <laughs> and um, the only information I had about birth family was my birth mother's name was in my birth records and her ID number in Colombia because that's where I was adopted from. And there uh, there was a tiny little paragraph, if you could call it that, I think it was exactly two sentences, um, that said that she was trying to do what was best for her baby, me, and that she had another child that she needed to care for, and that my birth father was not in the picture, and she had no family or anybody to help her, so that's why she was choosing adoption. Uh, other than that, uh, I had asked my, um, my adoptive parents if they knew anything, um, if they knew anything about my ancestry, and for those of you who, uh, don't know much about Colombians, um, a lot of the times, um, Colombians are made up of European roots, indigenous roots, and African roots. And it often varies, but most of the time it's mostly European, a good chunk indigenous, and then another chunk um, African. And that's usually smaller. And we were told that I was most likely uh, mestiza, which means mixed in Spanish. And I was most likely half indigenous, at least. But other than that, 
I didn't know uh, anything about my uh, my exact race, and we had no way to find that out. <laughs> a few years later, companies like 23andMe were created, and people were now doing testing that broke that down. And unfortunately, it was not available in my state. <laughs> and on a, a college career path, I was only working part-time and I had some savings left over from when I worked in, in high school. I, I didn't have a couple hundred dollars to, to spend on that. So I put it off and eventually after I graduated from college, I was uh, engaged to my fiance and we were talking about having kids and he surprised me with it for my birthday. I was super excited, um, and those of you who are adoptees, you who have done this test or are thinking about doing the test, you'll understand like how important it is to find out <laughs> even the smallest bit of information about your ancestry and your medical history. And luckily, 23andMe had like a medical portion of the test, and it tested for certain genetic disorders that could show up in my DNA that I provided them. Um, the test itself was pretty simple. You just spit in a vial, which is kind of gross, but it's it's not like a ridiculous amount of spit. <laughs> now, I know some people were nervous about like them taking your genes and cloning or even just giving it to the government or whatever, but uh, I weighed the pros and cons and basically I had already had some health issues all my life and I needed any type of information to help give me back that power, especially as a late discovery adoptee, not knowing for so long, it, it felt like the right choice for me. And you should make that decision for yourself and nobody else. But anyway, I did the test a few weeks later. Uh, I was picking my husband up from work and I opened up my email and there it was. <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure I cried in the car because... I had been in the dark and having just like black and white evidence of like who I was at my core, my blood, <laughs> you know, my DNA. That that moment was just super special <laughs> and super emotional. Uh, I just remember like crying and reading it and then like I texted all of my friends immediately and I was just like, look, 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 look. <laughs> and um, it was super cool. And my results have changed a little bit over time as their um, testing has become more specific because the more people the test, the more accurate it is than, um, than it was. I have the, the screenshots somewhere of when I first did it versus now. So like I can pull that up if someone really, really cares. Um, I just have to dig through. But right now, my test results for Ancestry is broken up in percentage and it's out of 100. And it says that I'm 40.9% European. I am 33% East Asian and Native American. And... 7.5% Sub-Saharan African and 1.7% West Asian and North African and 0.5% Central slash South Asian. And then I have about 15.6% of um, my genetic history that doesn't have any assignment. It's unassigned right now. So that means that they don't know where that belongs, which section is going to go in, or maybe one day they will because it has gotten more specific, like I said, over time. And it's pretty cool. Like, I, even though, like, we knew I was probably mixed with indigenous, like, seeing that 
actually in black and white was crazy because um, for those of you who know more of my story or listen to the first podcast, like I was told that I was Italian Portuguese my whole life. My adoptive mother is Portuguese, my adoptive father is Italian, and they raised me believing that. So once I knew that I was Colombian, I knew that that would be different, but it kind of was extra emotional because even after I found out that I was adopted, my parents didn't really want to refer to me as Colombian. They still wanted to claim me as quote-unquote theirs. <laughs> and um, for them, that uh, that was a big piece of it, is just like having their culture pass on to their children. And it was difficult for us to really discuss this, and that kind of spurred on lots of heated discussions over the next few years to get them to understand why it's so important to me, uh, especially as a transracial and international adoptee, to claim my heritage that is not just theirs, that's my blood heritage. And for those of you who are adopting children of color and international adoptions, I just want to urge you to really think about how you feel when it comes to your family's traditions and cultures and everything. Even something so silly as like a Christmas Eve tradition of putting pajamas and like a book underneath the tree or um, a meal that your family makes for every special occasion, a pie recipe, whatever it is, the fact that it's been passed down from generation to generation, you taking a picture uh, with your mother and your cousins and whatever and you can see like the family nose or the family ears. For me, one thing that really stood out and made me emotional was when my uh, my husband and his family would be together. And I started to really pick up on facial features that families resemble one another. And because I never, like I looked like my parents because they had dark hair and like they tanned easily and they had, uh, my mom had brown eyes. So like it, it was similar enough that like I passed so I didn't, I didn't look too different but there were differences. Like I, I always had like a ridiculous amount of freckles. My skin did tan darker than theirs and faster just like my adopted brothers. Uh, but like we had cousins who were like uh, biracial and like it was just easy to explain off but once I knew I was adopted those small things that had made me feel different for so long that I was picked on at school and whatever just like it just made sense and I wanted to really have a place where (laughs) I wanted someone else that could understand it and when I found my adopted from Columbia group on Facebook like I found other people who were like me and understood that struggle of being part of one culture that you were adopted into and being part of one that was yours from birth. And now having these answers in black and white and having evidence to show my my family that, like, look, like you can't just loop me into your culture without respecting mine, too. That's not fair. Um, you wouldn't like it if I took away all the memories that you had with your great-grandmother and the traditions of, I'm probably going to say this wrong, but my my aunts and my mom always eat pastel de natas. It's like this little pastry every holiday with Thanksgiving or whatever. It's a Portuguese like cream custard thing. And all my life they would always like die over it over every holiday and and they just loved it and like my dad is big and into Italian food he was a chef and he had Italian restaurants so like chicken parmesan and uh, you know all these things that make up 
the culture that you're in are important to who you are as a person and how your identity develops. So having these sections of my identity broken down into percentages was pretty cool, uh, but also a little bit sad because as we know, like, you know, there's numbers on the page, but like it says that I am, if you round it up, I'm like close to 10% uh, African, but that I don't feel comfortable claiming that I'm, that I'm black, you know, like I wasn't raised that I don't appear as black or even like indigenous. Um, like I'm more comfortable now, um, saying that I'm mixed because especially since like my European part of me is, is only about 40%. It's, um, less than half European. So like being raised white, and only white going down to 40%. That was a big difference. Now, having a reason to understand that I have my own identity and I need to to develop that as a Colombian, as an adoptee, as a, a person with parents that are Italian Portuguese. Like, I needed to find where I felt comfortable in and how to connect that disconnect with who I was raised and who I almost could have been, you know, if I wasn't adopted or if I was adopted by a family that lived in Colombia, like the language would have been different and everything. But anyway, um, I digress. I want to go back to why it was so important for me to do that and why that eventually led to me like checking up on uh my results because 23andMe also connects you with um relatives and I would check once in a while uh, because part of me really wanted to know um my birth mother and my birth father uh, to know like why I was getting up for adoption other than you know like her not having anyone at that time because I didn't really know if it was true, if it was not, you know. And when you're adopted, you kind of come up with um, scenarios in your head of like what happened. And my parents told me that she was, uh, that the orphanage had told them that she was really young. She was like 16 and her parents were like rich and they didn't accept her and she had to give up the baby or she wouldn't be able to go home, something like that. I, I just never believe that and like I believe that they were told that but it just sounded too fishy you know <laughs> I wanted to find answers so when I first found out I was adopted like I searched for my birth mother because I just wanted any and all answers and when you're adopted at some point you just feel like you need to find out everything you can about your adoption and that includes your birth parents reasons for relinquishing you that includes your adoptive parents reason for adopting you in the first place and it's just a complicated thing as adoptees um having a lack of access to our papers or uh, health history and ancestry is just it just leaves a pit in you sometimes. And not all adoptees feel this way, of course. Like, every adoptee feels differently. But a lot of us do always feel a yearning to know more. And that doesn't necessarily mean that we want to find our birth parents and um, 
like, start off like nothing happened. Like, some people do. Some people want, like, an instant connection with their birth parents and really want a close relationship. And some people just want medical history and some people want, you know, just a friendly thing. It's different for everybody. But for me, uh, in the beginning, I just really just wanted answers. <laughs> I didn't really want like a, like a relationship with anybody. I just, I just wanted any and all information I had, um, because I felt like part of me was missing and without finding that information, I wouldn't be able to form my true self and, it had really affected my self-esteem. Uh, I was down for a lot. I just felt like part of me was missing and part of me w was ashamed because um, I had been telling people that I wasn't Latina for 19 plus years and then now I knew I was but I didn't know what that meant. I knew the stereotypes of Latinas from movies, from what my parents said, from my friends and whatever and, but I didn't know what that meant for me and growing up you it's hard to just to be a person in general but then you add in aspects of transracial identity and um that just complicates things and as I found out more information I realized that eventually like I'd, I'd wanted to know more about my personal history in my birth family and I kept checking my results on 23andMe to see if I had been connected with any family members other than like fifth and sixth cousins. And one day I was. I was connected with a second cousin. And that was super cool because she actually uh, was living in the States, going to college somewhere. And she was connected on like my mother's side. So I, I felt like I was close to finding my birth mother and finally having answers. But it turns out like the, that side of the family was like estranged and she had no answers for me. And after that, I was super disappointed. I felt like I was super close to having a part of me filled. And even if it was just so simple to of finding my birth mother and her just saying, this is what happened for real. I did give you up and this is it. That I felt like I would get closure for something that was like a raw wound for not being told for so long that I was, was adopted. And uh, after that, I forgot about it, and <laughs> I went on with my life. Um, I, uh, I got married, I had my first son, and then I had my second son, and pregnancy really <laughs> messed up my mental health because uh, of all the hormones, and it kind of made it worse with uh, my identity because I felt like, how was I supposed to raise these two Latino boys and do that properly when I didn't know anything about uh, my culture and I went to therapy and I worked on myself and it got a lot better I started just doing little things like listening to shows in Spanish and podcasts uh, the app uh, Duolingo like anything I could to make even just the smallest connection to the culture that I had lost and then I also talked to my adoptive parents openly and honestly, and that was super difficult because we have very strong opinions that differ from each other. But eventually, you know, they they took some steps to understand me and I took some steps to understand them and sympathize with them. And we both set up boundaries to really openly communicate and appreciate who we were as people. And one of the biggest things I've really done is I've put a 
the culture that my parents taught me kind of on the back burner. Like at home, I don't cook Italian meals. I rarely have pasta. I, I just put a stop to having those things in my immediate life in my house uh, and will only really do that when I visit them or they come up here. And I think it was important for me to see what I liked without their influence and raise my children in a Italian-free environment because I was kind of shoved down my throat for so long. And at home, we play music in Spanish. Uh, one of my favorite artists is Bad Bunny. When you listen to Latin music, it, it, it really fills a place in your heart. I, I know it's corny, but like it's so passionate and fun. And I like, sing along to Spanish a lot better than I uh, speak it. And I'm just glad to have those pieces in my uh, my family here because my husband's actually half Colombian. He's half Colombian and half Irish, so he relates to me a lot with uh, not being Colombian enough and not being another uh, ethnicity and race enough. Um, so we're both kind of on this journey together. But anyway, what you may be coming here for is if you've read my uh, new Huff article about finding half-siblings on 23andMe. Well, it's it was pretty much a shock. I had been on my way to therapy that day and I, I got a message. I got a message from my half sibling and they were like, hey, I don't mean to bother you or whatever. I'm, it seems like we're half siblings here. And I just cried. <laughs> I cried for like 15 minutes straight and my husband had to go in and tell my therapist I was going to be a little late while I uh, just processed before I could even like get up and go in with them. And I got into the session and my therapist is like, what's going on? Are you okay? And I was like, no, I, I have a sibling that I didn't know about and they messaged me like, this is crazy. And she was asking me all these questions too because she was super excited because she, she knew how important it was for me to find family and know any we had some things in common and I was super excited but then things kind of just didn't work out the way that I thought they would um movies tv whatever they all show you that it's just gonna instantly click you see videos these long lost sisters are meeting for the first time and it's super beautiful everyone's crying and happily ever after <laughs> but that's not what happened whatever it was just super complicated and i shut down after um uh, getting really angry with them and i just couldn't handle it I couldn't handle um, any type of drama and hidden secrets or whatever. Um, I, I realized then that finding birth family was super important to me, but also setting boundaries with myself with what I can handle and not just jumping into things full force because as an adoptee, if you're planning on searching or you have searched or in the process or, or whatever it is, it, it's very emotionally taxing because you have all these preconceptions of what you believe it will be like and you have this ideal family or ideal birth mother, whatever it is, and you think 
that it's going to go a certain way. And, you know, life is real. People aren't going to act like your fantasies do. They're not going to act like what your dreams do. And humans, we all have different emotions and we're all going to handle things differently. Both of my siblings were adopted and they were adopted at different ages. And that just led to another complicated factor. Um, And we all had trauma to to our adoption and how we were handling it and none of us really had gone to a place where we were okay and so we basically all agreed not to talk and just to take space from one another and that was very depressing it took me a while to to process that in therapy and come to an understanding with myself and what that meant and not be hard on myself for um, how I reacted because of the trauma I had with finding out so late in life and accepting that having problems with my identity is a lifelong process after it all and it was natural to really crave a connection to my birth family with sisters and like I never my whole dream with finding birth family was, like, I thought I'd find birth family in Columbia, and it'd be, like, acquaintances and whatever, but when I found out that I had siblings in America that spoke the same language as me, I, like, I was so pumped because I was like, what? I can actually have, like, a real relationship. I never expected that. If I had found family in Colombia at that time, I would have assumed that, oh, it's not going to be, like, a close relationship. We're going to be like, hello, goodbye, because my Spanish is not great, and I imagine that their English wouldn't be much better because that's not, you know, the primary language. And so we had the language barrier and just the cultural barrier, you know, growing up in different environments or whatever. I thought that it might be friendly at best, but not anything close. But when I found out that my half-siblings had grown up in America to, to an American family and they they lived only... It's a way that, like, I, I was just, like... My mind was boggled with that. It was crazy. I was just like, oh, my, my sons, they're going to have, uh, like, aunts and uncles. And it's going to be so cool. Like, we're going to be, like, having barbecues and, like, going on vacation with each other. Whatever it is. Like, uh, <laughs> Because I hadn't been prepared at all for any type of reunion. I was less than prepared. <laughs> and I, I jumped into it full force, um, not thinking. And so anyway, a year passed and we got back in touch. And I was terrified, but also super excited. And um, we're on amazing terms compared to what happened initially because we all took the time to deal with our own personal problems and our own personal adoption related (laughs) issues and just take are taking it at a much slower pace so if you are an adoptee searching or you are an adoptive parent and your child is thinking about searching I just recommend finding an adoptee centric therapist and also just work on patience in general and teaching your children or teaching yourself that it's okay not to take things at 100 miles per hour and that it's okay if you are in contact with a birth family member and you don't feel like answering them right away or um, if they don't answer you right away you don't take it personally because it's very complicated and um you know, like, you have your own lives. If you hadn't known about them until, like, adulthood or, 
you know, you, you have maybe a wife, maybe children, you know, a job, a hobby, whatever it is. You, you have your own things that you already have stressors from. And then you're adding this whole other nuanced and complicated stressor. Even though that you may really want it, it doesn't make it less difficult. If you were thinking about finding a birth family, like I definitely recommend you try. Because at the end of the day, if you don't try, you're not going to know what that's going to be like or whether that's going to help you emotionally. But if you don't, don't push yourself to do it until you think you're ready. Because it can, it can be another trauma in adoption if you aren't ready and things don't go well. And there are times where um, adoption reunions don't go well. And this is to say that finding uh, siblings, it didn't automatically just make me not hurt. It didn't make the fact that my mother didn't, my birth mother didn't choose to raise me as her own, especially since I knew she had kept a child. But finding siblings who were adopted did help in the way where no these people get it because they had the same birth mother and they have like the same similar thoughts that I have had about it and um they also don't really know where they fit in culture wise and we're all kind of going at our own pace but it's just like it makes you feel less alien in your own body and uh, I definitely think it was the right choice for me to to accept that first initial message even though it it went so it went so badly the first when it comes to even just doing the genetic testing and taking that first little baby step and then thinking about hiring an investigator or whatever it is I want you to know that these are all typical milestones for adoptees. It's natural to be curious about these things. It's natural to want to find who carried you for nine months or siblings that share the same uh, genes and birth mother or birth father. And it's natural to want that. And if you're an adoptive parent, this section's going to be for you uh, at the end. Like, it's natural for your child to do that and it doesn't mean that they love you less wanting to find birth family does not make their love for you less strong it does not it's not a competition and if a child can love step parents and you know stepdad stepmom whatever it is you know a child can love an adoptive parent and a birth parent you know um and sometimes you know children don't even feel that way about their birth parents you know they respect them or whatever but it's not that same type of love you know you it's like you have children I have two sons they're both boys but I love them equally you know sometimes I don't like them the same when they're biting me or just doing toddler things you know like you have favorites once in a while and it's not like favorite favorites but it's just like mild preferences when a kid is behaving or like you know I don't like my cousins all the same you know even though they're all my cousins I all love I love them all but that doesn't mean that I love them just as much at every single time um our our feelings change over time that's just natural we're humans we're nuanced we we aren't robots so I want adoptive parents who are listening to this to realize that you are probably going to feel a lot of complicated emotions if your kid is searching even if you are okay with it like on a logical brain length you 
may find that as time passes or when you're up late at night, uh, you might have like some second guessing. You might have some feelings that, that crop up that you're not expecting and you might have some jealousy and that's normal. Um, when I first told my mother about my, my half sibling, she was like, so not into it. (laughs) She was like, oh, cool. Um, but you know, I could tell that she wasn't happy. She was trying her best. uh, I swear. And she's probably listening to this because despite our differences and everything, she's super supportive. Love you, mom. (laughs) But she wasn't into it. But my dad, my dad was super excited. He was just funny how they, um, adoptive parents handle things. And, uh, like, my dad takes things a lot less seriously sometimes, and so for him, it was just like, family's family, and you should keep them in your lives, and my mom was just, like, she's not as trusting when it comes to that, so she was nervous about, like, you know, birth, family, like, taking a place in my heart, and possibly replacing her, but the thing for me, and I know it's different for every uh, adoptee, like, she's my mom. She wiped my butt when I was a baby. You know, she took care of me when I was sick. She did everything for me. She took me to choir practice, whatever it is. Like, for me, not even one second, even after finding out I was adopted, like, for me, she's my mom. I love her. That, that's it. If you are an adoptive parent and you're you're nervous about that, know that, like, relationships just change over time naturally. And um, try not to be defensive with them. Try to be supportive. And you're, if you find yourself struggling with that, um, th- I think that's a clue for you that you need to go to therapy for a little bit and help deal with those feelings. Because being jealous and um, even angry is is a natural response to something like this because adoptions are complicated you guys and you're gonna get annoyed with me because i'm gonna keep beating that into all of you guys over time but adoptions are complicated you know families are great some aren't some are half the time some aren't not and uh, adding birth family in the mix or if you already do have them in the mix it's not always going to be peaches and cream and it's not always going to be horrible but i truly believe that adoptive parents and adopted kids that we all can love each other in birth families we can all love each other and learn from each other and grow and for one second I have never regretted finding birth family and my half siblings even though it was complicated even uh and then even doing the genetic testing like I have never regretted it it opened my eyes at times it was difficult to deal with but it was essential, (laughs) essential for me to grow as a person and to accept myself and to build my self-esteem. And another reason for adoptive parents to, to get you on board with helping your adoptee search one day is that adoptees, if you look at studies, we are more prone to developing mental health issues like depression, anxiety. These are all issues that if you have birth family involved and you have a mental health history from your birth family or and uh like a a physical health history you can prepare for that and you can notice the signs of some mental health disorders you know if you catch them in the early stages you can really help your adopted child out and uh, find the best support system therapist whatever it is and even if just a health standpoint, finding birth family um, eventually for closed adoptions is important. And especially if you want your, your adopted child to have grandkids one day, that's something to factor in because you're, you don't know what's going to be passed on. 
But anyway, to wrap this up, knowing where you came from is important. At various times in your lives, um, you're going to find out how your opinion on that changes. What it's Sometimes it's going to be overwhelming and you're going to want to dig in and find every little component of your ancestry and find out who was your great-grandma, whatever it is. Um, and as adoptees, that can be such a strong feeling in us. And it's natural. It's normal. And finding adoptive family is complicated, but it's also super beautiful. And that does not detract from your relationship with your adoptive family. Your birth family, your love for your birth family will never detract from that um, in most cases. Uh, But at some cases, there will be some negative emotions towards your adoptive parents, you know, it, it's, it's natural to, uh, especially in closed adoptions, if you have kept information that could have helped your children find their birth family faster, there may be some misunderstandings and there may be more complicated issues that you may need to discuss, but know that it is a journey worth taking if it is safe and you are ready. And I hope this has helped you understand a little bit more about genetic testing and, um, and finding birth family off of that. Uh, I will go into it a little bit more later down the road. And if you have any questions or this was confusing, please send me a message or comment. And I hope if you came here because you read my HuffPo article that you like that and um, you subscribe and everything. I'm so glad that you joined me today. And if you would like to hear more from Adoptee Thoughts, make sure to subscribe and leave a review on your favorite podcast platform. And if you'd like to learn more about me, you can check out my website, adopteethoughts.com. Thanks again for listening, and I hope you have a wonderful day.